going on guys welcome back quick turnaround since our episode on thursday we have our first mock draft monday for you guys we're gonna have seven as the seventh one's gonna be three days before the draft later the week on thursday we're gonna start out today with a one round mock draft all with the latest implications factored in Um, obviously this will change a good bit week to week but we just want to keep you guys updated on who we think is going to take who. Yeah, just a little mock draft Monday. Something Brett and I like to do is uh, mock drafts kind of throughout the process. And we figured we would split it up, give you guys some more content each week rather than just one episode, give you guys that episode Thursday, and then a mock draft Today, Monday Brady is going to be doing the odds. I'm going to be doing the evens. So you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll go ahead and start with the odds here. And I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars at one. They just tagged Cam Robinson like we talked about in their last episode. But they're still going to take here – Evan Neal, the tackle out of Alabama, who has guard flexibility. I like the versatility he brings. He can play guard or right tackle while Cam Robinson plays his last year on the tag, and he'll be a much better left tackle than Robinson will in the future. All right. At the number two pick, we have the Detroit Lions, and I have them taking the guy from the University of Michigan right down the road, Aiden Hutchinson. He's an edge rusher from the University of Michigan, like I said, and I think he is most people's number one edge in this year's draft, and I think him being from Michigan and having that high-end year this past year will put him at two going to the Lions. I like that pick for them. It's a good – probably the best player on the board there, uh, at least in terms of what they need in terms of uh, just draft needs, that kind of thing. At three here, I got the Houston Texans who need everything. Um they may acquire a couple more picks in this first dra- in this first round when they trade Deshaun Watson, but as of right now, they haven't. Um, <clears throat> nevertheless, I'm going to take Kyle Hamilton, the safety of Notre Dame, with this pick here. I think he's the best player in the draft. Uh, not necessarily a position of high value at safety, but he can do everything for you. He can cover in the slot. He can, he can rush off the edge if he needs to. He can blitz. He can play quarterback spy. He can play center field. Uh, kind of roam the middle of the field. So I'll take Kyle Hamilton as the best player. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think the fit will go over really well there on the defensive side. As for the fourth pick, we have the Jets' first of two picks in this top ten. I'm going to go with who I think will be the first overall pick, Ikema Kwonu, the offensive tackle out of NC State. Um, he really helped his stock a lot. He was already projected to be a top ten pick, but he helped his stock a lot with his dominant combine performance. He really blew all drills out of the water, including the 40-yard dash especially. I could see him fitting there really well. They don't know what their plan is with Mekhi Becton right now, and I think he will be plug-and-play with all-pro potential day one there in New York. Yeah, you mentioned he could be the first overall pick. Uh, I agree there. I think for now it's still Evan Neal, but if Evan Neal disappoints at his pro day and doesn't run super well, doesn't test well, I do think Okwony will jump him as the, as the number one overall pick. But for now, I'll stick with Evan Neal there. Just with the – until he tests poorly, I'll stick with that. Um, got the New York, New York Giants here at five who have a couple picks in the first round here. They have a pick at seven and a pick here at five. I don't know if it's their biggest need. It could be, depending on post-free agency. But at the moment, I don't know if it's their biggest need. But I'm going to go Kayvon Thibodeau here, the edge rusher out of Oregon. Um <clears throat> he was kind of the consensus number one overall player in the draft prior to the season starting, and he underperformed a little bit combined with Aiden Hutchinson having a monster year. Kind of knocked his stock down a little bit. Um, really like the fit for New York here, though. Uh, he's got crazy good sack production potential, so I like the pick here for that. I think he is definitely some people's top edge in this class. 
All right. At number six, got the Carolina Panthers who could trade for Deshaun Watson as they are probably the front runner for him right now. I'm going to go with Charles Cross, the offensive tackle out of Mississippi State. He looked really good throughout the year, and I think what they need most right now is a tackle that can really get the job done. And I think he's the pick there with the top two tackles being gone. Yeah, I really like him. I think he could potentially be the best pass protector in this draft. Really, really fluid, really good athlete, uh, really good recovery speed, recovery instincts, that kind of thing. Um, if he gets beat initially, he's definitely not dead in the water like a lot of, like a lot of tackles are. Um, really good recovery <clears throat> on the edge there. Got the Giants again here at seven, and this is going to be a corner. <clears throat> now, I don't know if they'll take – I think Sauce Gardner is the best corner in the draft. I'm going to take Stingley here for him, but I do that because I think we talked, and I think Wink Martindale, former Baltimore defensive coordinator and current defensive coordinator for the Giants, he prefers a little bit more of, a, of an athlete at corner. Uh, not to say that Sauce Gardner isn't one – He's just he's more of a long, big press cover cor- press cover corner, or I think his Stingley's a little more scheme versatile. He can do a little bit more maybe, and he's got a higher athletic ceiling. So I think Wink will prefer that kind of corner. So that's what I'm going to go with here. It's about seven for them is Derek Stingley Jr. I like it a lot. Yeah, like I, like you said, I think Stingley fits that defense better with what Wink wants to do there. Uh, number eight, I'm going to go for the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to go with Jermaine Johnson, who has been rising up the boards as fast as anybody. Um, He's an edge rusher out of Florida State, the third edge we have going here at eight. And I like his fit there, and I think he has a higher impact on that defense rather than someone at a different position. Yeah, I like like, uh, Jermaine Johnson a lot. Uh, Went to the Senior Bowl, dominated the first couple days of practice, and Decided to make a boss move and just say, peace out, guys. I'm out of here. Didn't practice the last day and didn't uh, didn't participate in the Senior Bowl game. Uh, nobody thought that was a poor decision. Everyone thought that was the right move for him. Uh, you don't need to show much more when you dominate the way he did. Really good combine performance for him, too. He tested really well. Again, another freak athlete uh, off that Georgia defense, even though he didn't finish his last season at Georgia. He transferred from Florida to Florida State from Georgia. Just another guy, monster athlete at the edge position. Um, speaking of Georgia edge players at nine with the Seahawks here. I'm going to go with Trayvon Walker. Um, this could be a Tyler Linderbaum spot. I just think that they're going to go edge over corner because I think that there's a, considering they have a bunch of picks now and it's a better ILL class than an edge class in free agency. I think they're going to go Trayvon Walker here. Uh, the measurables are incredible. He, he lost some weight at, the, at going to the combine. He tested incredibly well. Um, He's scheme versatile up front. He can play multiple positions. So I think he's going to be more valuable for them in the long term. I agree. I like that pick a lot. Like you said, Linderbaum would be a good fit there. But I think they can find someone close to Linderbaum in the second or third round. Um, To round out the top ten, we have the Jets' second pick. And I'm going to go with Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Uh, I think he will be really good in that solid defense. And corner will be a high impact position for them for years to come and I think with getting a corner in a defense that has really a hole everywhere you can make the most impact like positive impact immediately with that pick yeah I like the I like the sauce gardener pick there I like it the scheme fit better there him better there for him again they already have a couple of decent corners that can play on the inside 
I think Sauce is an outside corner only. I don't know if he can play in the slot at a super high level. I mean, I'm sure he could, but as compared to some other guys that could, like Stingley. So I like that fit there for them a lot. Cornerstone defensively on the outside. Washington, the Commanders picking at 11 here. Uh, this was a quarterback spot for a long time until they made that move for Wentz. And I think with the receivers they have, I don't know if wide receiver one at Garrett Wilson here is the pick. So I'm going to go with Drake London, uh, wide receiver out of USC. I like his game a lot. He's a really big body, go up and get it kind of guy. Um, I, I like to mock him to Cleveland uh, for a while before this because, you know, he's a guy that's always open when you have a, a subpar quarterback that can't really throw guys open. Um, that's the kind of receiver you want. And that's the same situation that, with, that Washington now has with Carson Wentz at quarterback a guy who's not great at leading receivers. You also look at what Michael Pittman did in that offense last year for, for Wentz, and I think Pittman and, and London are very, very similar players, coming out of you know, both coming out of USC. Uh, there's similar play styles. I think London's made a little better in, con- in the contested catch situation, at least in college. Um, he did a little less with the ball in his hands than Pittman did. But again, similar player profiles, like the fit here for Washington. He complements their receiver room well, so I like London here for them. I like that pick a lot. As for the 12th pick, the Minnesota Vikings, I'm going to go with Trent McDuffie here, a guy that's also been flying up boards. He is a corner out of the University of Washington, and I could see him fitting in really well in that Minnesota secondary just because of they're kind of an older secondary and they don't really have that dominant corner that they used to have in Xavier Rhodes. Pat Pete's getting up there, and he hasn't really provided much value anymore, but they do have Harrison Smith at safety who really dominate or kind of leads that defense and with a good corner with them, I think will help a lot for them. Yeah. I like that pick for them a lot. Uh, probably the earliest we've seen McDuffie go, but I think he is climbing up boards. I think he nailed his interviews from what I heard at the, the combine. He did really well. Uh, super high character guy from what it sounds like. Um, like I said, super high football IQ really loves the game, crushes interviews like that pick a lot for them. It's just another good football player that um, I'm always a big fan of drafting good players instead of drafting upside. Sometimes I just like drafting really good players. So love McDuffie there for them at 13 uh, Cleveland Browns. This was a receiver spot for a long time. Like I just said, I liked, I liked to mock Drake London to them, but they just traded for a Mark Cooper. I uh, saw it in the car driving home from Lubbock yesterday uh, for a, it was a fifth and a sixth swap. So they get, uh, you know, really good value there, I thought. I thought the Cowboys were kind of saw that coming and they were going to release him. So Cleveland now is Amari Cooper. Don't think they draft a receiver here now, even though they're letting Jarvis Landry go. I think they could – they've been linked to a lot of vet for wide receiver free agents, so I think they're going to go that route. I'm going to have them taking David Ojabo here at 13, Ed Rocher from Michigan. Had a really, really good season. His upside's crazy high. He's still a really good football player. He's a young football player in terms of – Guy hadn't played that long. He's pretty inexperienced. Um, stories come out of Michigan from Aiden Hutchinson store that the guy just he would know he just wouldn't know things in the film room that you'd think he would, and it just goes to how raw the football player he is, and with some refinement, learning from Miles Garrett as well, being in that edge room. Even if they keep Jadavian Clowney, being in that edge room would be huge for his game and his game development. So I really like Ojabo here as a fit for mm-hmm. them. I think, like you said, being under Garrett will really help his development a lot and help and become more of an impact guy quicker in his career. For sure. Um, as for my team, the Ravens, picking at number 14. Uh, the board is kind of weird here for the Ravens with 
a lot of the O-line, of interior O-line available, but the edge rushers really aren't there. The tackles aren't there. I'm going to go with Jordan Davis, the interior defensive lineman out of the University of Georgia. He dominated the combine, and I think this is just a pick that the Ravens want to go with because their general manager has stressed that they need to get younger along the defensive line multiple times this offseason. And I think pick this pick right here really shows that they're going to do that and shows that they're committed to their dominant run defense that they've had for so many years. Surprised you didn't go Linderbaum here. I was thinking about uh, it. But yeah. Jordan Davis Jordan Davis, another super high-impact guy. Um, his passers may need a little bit of work, but talk about a f- maybe the, the most freakish athlete in this class that has some crazy good athletes in it, like Kyle Hamilton, Okonu, and Neal. Um, Jordan Davis may be the best athlete of all of them. Maybe the greatest combine performance ever from a guy at six foot, what, six six, three forty one. It's crazy. Um getting to the getting to fifteen here with the with the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles. They've got fifteen, sixteen, and nineteen. They have three picks in this first round. I don't know if they're gonna pick all three. Again, this is a no trades mock. So we're not gonna be doing trades. So we're gonna make all three of these picks. The first one I'm gonna go with Devin Lloyd, linebacker out of Utah. They need a linebacker so bad. They have hadn't haven't had a good linebacker in a long time. I think they had one good season from Jordan Hicks a while back. So I don't know if I don't know if they should take one here. It's a little early, but I feel like you have to at this point. So Devin Lloyd is probably the best linebacker in the draft. I like him a lot. Really good coverage skills. He can do a lot. Um, Pat Rush the passer play in the box. So I'm gonna go with Devin Lloyd here. It's. They can pick whoever they want, and this they, they can flip flop fifteen and sixteen here. So, I like that pick for them. Lloyd, I think, is getting to that linebacker consensus linebacker one status in this class, and they could really use anything on defense right now, with their impact players on defense being up there in age. Um, so, with their next pick, they're back to back here at sixteen. The Eagles, I have them taking Andrew Booth Jr. He is a corner out of Clemson, another defensive guy, and I think taking him the fourth corner taken so far in this mock. But they could always use corners. Like I said, Darius Slay is getting up there in age and really not what he was a few years ago. And so I like the pick here and the fit with Booth. Yeah, I like Booth a lot. It's hard to – I haven't really come to a consensus on who the corner three is, him or McDuffie. He's a really good player. He's a little bigger than McDuffie. But I like his play style. He's aggressive. He's physical. It fits with the one we're doing Philly on that defense. I think he fits well with Slay as well um, for the fat last couple of years he's there. Um, so I really like the pick there and the fit there with Min- in uh, Minnesota, <laughs> in Philadelphia with Andrew Booth. You got the Chargers here on the clock. Got my team here picking at 17. Post-Khalil Mack trade, they went and traded for Khalil Mack. Only traded their second rounder and a sixth. So I figured they'd lose their first, but they did not. Um, that takes Edge off the board for them. Um, they've also been... Maybe the most smoke I've ever seen pre-tampering window is the Chargers and J.C. Jackson. So while I'd like to set myself up to not be disappointed when they don't sign him, I'm going to under I'm gonna kind of assume they're going to sign him or at least a big-name corner. If they, if they don't get J.C. Jackson, they're going to get a corner. Um, that takes that off the board. There are a lot of receivers here. My, my wide receiver one still on the board here as well as Jamison Williams. Garrett being my, Garrett Wilson being my, being my wide receiver one. But I'm going to go Devontae Wyatt, the other defensive tackle out of Georgia. A lot of people like him better than Jordan Davis. As an all, I think he's has a better all-around game. 
I don't think he does anything as good as Jordan Davis in terms of like Jordan Davis is going to be one of the best run defenders in the NFL maybe year one. By year three, he may be the best in the league. I don't think Devontae Watts can be the best pass rushing D tackle in the league by any means, but he's a better pass rusher than Jordan Davis, and he's a more well-rounded player. Chargers need an IDL so bad. Um, I don't know if they're going to get one in the free agency, so I'm going to go Devontae Wyatt here. Really like his game. Great pass rush ability, so I'll take that. And for the 18th pick, we have the Saints, and the Saints could go a lot of different ways here as they're trying to restructure and release guys to get cap space. I think the pick here has to be Jamison Williams. He's definitely wide receiver one for some people, and I just see the fit working out really well with whoever they have at quarterback. Um, Kind of a deep threat guy, and with them losing Michael Thomas, they don't really have any other receivers that are of any significance. So I like Jamison's fit here, and I feel like this is kind of a no-brainer pick for them. Do we know if Michael Thomas is going to play? I don't know. I heard some things. Some rumblings about him playing, but I'm not totally sure. I just I, I don't think anybody knows. That's the thing that the guy was the best receiver in the league. It felt like as a consensus guy, and then just absolutely, I don't know what happened with him. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see. <clears throat> Getting into the second half of the draft now. Look at the Eagles at 19 again. I don't think they're making this pick, in my opinion. I think they're trading it um, for what or who I don't really know yet. They're out on Deshaun Watson, apparently, so they won't be making that trade. Although I thought they were in the best place to do so, considering they have three they have three firsts this year, which is more valuable than three firsts in the future. Um, but they're making the pick at 19, so I'm going to go with George Karloftis, the best edge available here. Um, probably the last of that, that kind of upper tier of edge guys. They get gets them a player at every level in the defense. Karloftis, maybe not the most athletic guy, definitely not the bendiest, that kind of deal. But he's just a good football player. He he kind of got the Ed Hutchinson treatment at times at Purdue this year, getting triple team, a lot of attention. So like the fit here, it fills a need on the D-line for them. So I'm going to go Karloftis. I like that pick a lot for them, kind of an edge that really you could see going anywhere after, top, after the first 10 picks. Number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I got our first quarterback coming off the board in Malik Willis. He's a quarterback from Liberty University. I see him going to Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh has been linked with him mostly out of all the rookie quarterbacks. And so I think he kind of fits what they want to do post Ben Roethlisberger. And with no quarterbacks off the board, this is kind of their prime position to do it without giving up any value or trading so i'm going with willis and i think he can make an impact there probably not year one but definitely in the long term yeah i don't know if he's gonna play year one even even if they draft him i don't think he does uh he's definitely got the highest upside and as of lately it's smart to bet on the arm talent in quarterbacks looking at guys like josh allen justin herbert bet on the arm talent um if you're wrong, you're wrong, but it's a lot easier to coach up mechanics and coach up going through progressions than it is to coach up a guy who can throw at 70 yards versus a guy who can throw at 50 yards. So I uh, like the, the fit there for them. I think Pittsburgh does make it work long-term for him, uh, but I don't think he plays year one. Number 21 here, the Pats. Uh, my favorite player in the draft for them is off the board, being Devin Lloyd. He went at 15 to the Eagles. So I'm going to go here, wide receiver one, Garrett Wilson coming off the board. 
Not the first receiver taken, but I think he's the best receiver in the draft. Going to New England here, I really think he fits that offense well. They don't really have a guy that can do what he does. They just put, like literally an hour ago, they put their second-round tender on Jacoby Myers. Um, and Akil Harry won't be back, and if they get anything for him, that's a W. But I think they need a receiver. Mac Jones needs a receiver. Garrett's wide receiver one, he can do a lot. So I like the, I like the pick here for them. It's flashier than normal for the Patriots, but um, they swung and missed last time on a receiver. I think if they swing here, they I agree. Miss I like Garrett. that fit there with Garrett, and I think giving Mac a weapon that should be more proven than Nikhil Harry will be really beneficial to his success. As for the 22nd pick, the Las Vegas Raiders, I have them taking Tyler Linderbaum, the center out of the University of Iowa. Kind of a surprising pick here, but I have Linderbaum going just because their O-line needs more help than really anything else. And if they're going to keep Derek Carr and want him to be the guy in that tough division, then they need offensive line, and it starts with the center. Um, There were a couple other guys on the board that I considered taking like Burks or Kenyon Green, but I thought that Linderbaum was the best fit. I'd hate it if he went here. I hate the Raiders. For those that don't know, the Raiders are probably the Chargers' biggest rival. I just I just hate the Raiders. I hate everything about them. John Gruden's a POS, and they hired him and paid him a bunch of money. I mean, he's out of there now, but he's awful. I just hate everything about the Raiders. Um, so I would hate it if they got Linderbaum, because I think Linderbaum's probably a top-five player in the draft. I just don't know if there's a need for a center that like super high until here. Um, thought about going, like I said, thought about him going nine to Seattle, which would show you that he's got that range. I just again, the way the board falls sometimes, he falls this, this far. Um, I'd hate it, but yeah, it's okay. Just a mock draft; it's not real life. Twenty-three here with the Cardinals. They're a reach team. They drafted Zayvon Collins at eighteen last year, which was a massive reach. They're known usually to reach for players in the draft. Um, I'm going to go with a reach here, a corner, Kair Alam, a guy who could who should be a first-round pick. Don't know if he should go at 23. I think he's more of like a 28 to 32 player. Um, really like his coverage ability. He's just a very poor tackler. Um, not very physical, kind of shies away from contact sometimes, at least in the tape. That's easily fixable, though. I think that's something you can correct and, and teach at the next level. Um, Cardinals in a corner. He, like I said, he tested really well. Tested really fast. I think he ran a sub four four. I think it was a four three seven, four three eight. So when you're a co- when you're a really good coverage guy, that helps running really fast. So I like the fit here. Um, again, bit of a reach, but that, if there's a team that's going to reach, it's going to be. I agree. Time. Like you said last year with them taking Zayvon Collins. At twenty four, the Dallas Cowboys are picking. I'm going to put a guy with them that kind of lost a little bit of stock with his performance at the Combine in Kenyon Green, the interior offensive lineman from the Texas from Texas A&M. Staying in his state of Texas, Kenyon, I think, will fit that O-line well as they kind of don't have a solidified player at each role or at each position. But I think his versatility puts him in a better spot in that offense over some other guys I considered taking and I like that fit there because he can always slide to right tackle if you need if you need him to like they needed this year. Yeah, no, this is a guy I considered taking for us at seventeen, especially with the reports today that that we may be looking to take an IOL in the first round. Um, decided not to. I like his versatility a lot. He at A and M he played every position, starting games in every position but center. 
Um, so a guy like him he helps you get your best five on the field up front, which is what I think is the most important thing. Um, and he's got a high upside just because the athletic tape, the athletic what premise wasn't there at the combine doesn't mean he's not a bad player or he's not a good player. He just tested poorly, and that's okay. Um, could see his stock shoot back up if he performs well at his pro day. I, I could see it happening if he looks a lot better. I could see his stock going back up. But for now, stock down after the combine performance, but could see it going back up. The Buffalo Bills at 25 here. Kind of a weird board. There's no there's no edge player. There's no IDL because the Bills are just notorious for taking defensive linemen. But with Jordan, uh, <clears throat> sorry, Jordan Davis and... Devontae White off the board, all four edges off the board. Don't really know where to go here. So I think I'm going to go Chris Olave, speedy receiver out of Ohio State. Uh, I just could not imagine an offense with Diggs. And Olave, just talk about some deep threats and guys who were just getting open like crazy. Josh Allen throwing the ball. I just imagine a Josh Allen deep ball to Chris Olave. Just a thing of beauty. Um, so I think Olave is a good pick here for them. Again, it's it's almost best player available per se, and it's just getting good football players. So, I like yeah, I do like that fit there. They're losing a couple guys in that room, and Olave and Diggs for multiple years kind of builds that continuity and that chemistry within that room. At twenty six, we have the Tennessee Titans, and I have them taking who I think is quite similar to the guy he will be replacing. Trevor Penning, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. This is a guy that has garnered a lot of attention over this offseason because of the Senior Bowl or the Combine, and he could really go anywhere between 8 and 32 in this first round. And I have him going here at 26 because I think he's going to replace Taylor Luan, who was out most of the year and can't seem to stay healthy anymore. So I think he will be a good fit and kind of brings that same demeanor to that offensive line that Taylor Luan has had for so many years. Fits the team culture. Yeah. Yeah, Jeffrey Simmons, dirtiest mm-hmm. player in the NFL. Probably getting the dirtiest player in the draft here with uh, Trevor Penning. I agree. Um, yeah, I think he's got the potential, like he said, to go, to go super high at around eight. I just don't know if a team's going to like. There's a difference between like being a, like an aggressive and physical player and doing what he's doing. <clears throat> and... Uh, at the Senior Bowl, he took it. He took it a st- couple steps too far a few times, going way after the whistle. And it's like, bro, yeah. you're at the Senior Bowl. Like, I get you're trying to be competitive and like prove that you're this small school guy, but can really play at the next level. But you don't have to be a, a dick after the whistle nearly every play. It's just unnecessary. Yeah. Um, he's the best way I can put it is that's what that's what he was doing. He's just, it's way too much. You're doing doing way too much. So, <laughs> the the the. Culture fit with Tennessee is spot on with some of the guys they have. So and, he, and I think he does fit what very Roll wants to do, which is just be all mean and nasty and run the ball. So got twenty seven here for the Tampa Bay Bucks. We've got the the biggest I probably said the hottest take of this of this mock. Sitting here in the cold seat. Got a super hot take coming in here. Don't know what Tampa Bay's doing at quarterback. Don't know if they can get a vet. I'm gonna go with Kenny P. Kenny two gloves picket. Out of Pittsburgh, I could see him being the. I could see him be on the board here still. <clears throat> I think it's evident with all the quarterback movement this offseason how interested teams are in vets that the quarterback classes. I mean, we knew it was really bad, but the NFL 
is clearly saying how bad it is inadvertently. I mean, the Washington the Washington football team. Oh, sorry, Washington Commanders. I gotta get used to that. Uh, the Commanders just traded for Carson Wentz. Um, I don't know if all of you guys follow the NFL super close. Carson Wentz is kind of a bum. So the fact that they just moved, they just moved to get him as our starting quarterback. Picking eleventh means they don't want any of the quarterbacks in this year's draft. So could see Kenny Pickett being available here at twenty-seven. And I think this would be the pick if, if Tampa was on the board here. I like Kenny's upside. He fits that offense with a lot of weapons. Um, good old line to run behind. I think Bruce Arians would like him. <clears throat> Pardon me. Aside from the fact that he's got small hands, which has not been an issue for him getting the ball out. So, like Kenny Pickett here. I think Kenny Pickett's the most pro-ready quarterback in this draft. Not the highest upside. Probably the best quarterback, though, for on like week one to start this year. I do like that pick. It is a hot take, but I do like it in the terms that he can really develop best there and have a long-term impact, and I feel like his skill set will be used to the best of his ability. Um, here at 28, as we kind of have our last five picks, the Green Bay Packers I have taking Zion Johnson, who blew the combine out of the water, has really been – a dominant guard at Boston College these past couple years. And I think him going to Green Bay could really solidify their O-line, and he's able to move around that interior offensive line if anyone goes down. But with Rodgers coming back for a few more years at least, it will help them kind of lock it down and give Rodgers more time as he gets up there in age. He might be your favorite player in the draft, I feel he like. He might be. We I do like him a lot. And, I mean, he had the most bench reps at the combine out of anyone. And he ran pretty well. So, he could be a dominant run blocker. Every time we talk, like, man, I just want to try back and take Zion's off. I just want to try back and take Zion's I, I wouldn't mind it, yeah. Every, like, like, last time we did a mock, we kind of did a mock in preparation for this today. We get to the board and Brett's like, man, I want to do a trade back. But we're not doing trades. Like, this is the board I want to trade back. I want to trade back so bad and take Zion Johnson. And I don't blame you, I don't blame you either. I mean, with the, some of the boards that you get sometimes, depending on – and I think fragency will, will solidify the board a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, some of the boards – I mean, I feel like that sometimes. I, I, this draft today, I mean, I wouldn't have mind traded back with the board we got at 17 today for the Chargers, but um, I don't blame you. I like Zion Johnson a lot too. I haven't watched a ton of his tape yet. Um, that's something I want to get into. Once I free up a little bit with some school stuff, um, but he's he's really good. He great senior bowl too. Really good at the senior bowl, um, that kind of thing. I got twenty nine here, rounding out my second to last pick in this first round mock, first mock draft Monday of the pod. This is super exciting. Um, an exciting player going to Miami here, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. This guy, everyone's calling him like bigger Debo Samuel. I don't want to put the Debo Samuel label on anybody because there's only one Debo Samuel. But if there was going to be a guy, I put it on. It's him. Really, really good with the ball in his hands. Did a lot of different stuff at Arkansas. That Arkansas, Arkansas did with Burks what I wish Texas Tech would have done with Eric Izukama because they did everything to get him the ball. Whether it was the deep ball, whether it was jet sweeps, drag routes, shoot, they had him come out of the backfield in, in handoff sometimes. Um, really versatile. I think he fits incredibly well with what Jalen Waddle does. And he would not have been here at 29 if it wasn't for his poor combine performance. Not that he, like, tested super slow. It just slowed than people thought. And I think we always see this, like, receivers kind of drop a little bit in the actual draft. 
It's also a great offseason to get a receiver. Um, I just think Miami's going to want to take one at 29. And if Burks is here, they're going to have Jalen Waddle sprinting the card in. They want to get that thing in as fast as they can, um, get to another weapon, maybe the most versatile weapon in this draft. So um, love this fit for Miami, doing all they can to maximize Tua's potential. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think Burks and Waddle complement each other perfectly, and that will really help Tua out in his development. As for the 30th pick, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to go with Daxton Hill, who is a safety out of the University of Michigan. Another one of my favorite players in this draft, um, really a true center fielder. He tested incredibly well at the Combine, and I definitely think his fit in Kansas City with the high likelihood that they lose their starting safety the past few years, Tyron Matthew, to free agency. Safety's a need here for him, and really could be their biggest need, especially on that defense, and I think Daxon Hill fits what they want to do. And it sucks that the Ravens wouldn't be able to get him and he'd be going to an AFC rival, but I, I like what he does and I think he'll pay dividends for Kansas City. I think he may have been a guy who upped his quietly upped his stock the most at the combine. Yep. Uh, rumor was he, he had great interviews. He did well. Um, maybe not as good as Sauce or McDuffie. Um, but he tested incredibly well. He ran, he ran sub 4-4. For a safety, that's really, really good. He, t- just, he just overall, he tested well athletically. Um, there was really no safety two. Obviously, Kyle Hamilton's safety one. I think he's the best player in this draft. There's no safety two. Daxton Hill is safety two now. He's undoubtedly safety two. He tested really well. Um, and that's also saying, because Lewis Seen, safety three, probably tested well too. Daxton Hill tested incredibly well. Did well for himself. I really like him. Great fit in KC, and I hate it because... I don't want him in their secondary, having to play him twice a year. But um, really good fit here for KC, especially losing Matthew probably to free agency. Uh, the Bengals are on the clock here at 31. Again, this is a rough board for them. I think they would have traded up a little earlier if we could have to go get Penning at 26. But again, this no trades mock. Uh, if the board falls this way for, for Cincy and they pick at 31, they're going to be upset. And I have him actually reaching here for Central Michigan tackle Bernard Raymond. I don't personally like Raymond all that much. I think he's a toolsy prospect. He, You know he reminds me of? Remember Austin Jackson at a USC? That Miami reached for at 18 when they took Tua? That's who he reminds me of. Super athletic. I mean, he's, he's definitely a little bigger, a little stronger than Jackson was. But in terms of, like, getting picked in the first round, this is, this is probably where Austin Jackson should have gone that year. Because I thought the back end of the first round wasn't super deep, as a as a as composed composed as opposed to this season. Uh, but I think they're going to reach here for Raymond. They have to get better on the offensive line, and it doesn't sound like they're going to go pay. I mean, there's, it's not a great tackle for agency class, anyways. So, if this is the board, I think they would have traded up prior to this. But if if they're going to have to pick here at thirty one, yeah, I do right. think that's the pick for them, and I think Raymond should go in the forties because. He's probably tackle four, five in this class, maybe even six to some people. But he's going to be 26, I think, week three, I think it is. He's because old, he yeah. There's not a, his I, military requirements being in Australia before he went to Central Michigan. Yeah. So that, I think, will shy some teams away. And to round out the first round with the Detroit Lions' second pick, they got it from the Rams – in exchange for Jared Goff. I have them going with Jaquan Brisker, who's a safety from Penn State. 
the third safety going in the first and the second and the last three picks. He is just consistent. He didn't really do a whole lot, but he's been consistent on the back end of that Penn State defense. And I think Detroit, who really needs everything on that defense, I think he's a good pick to kind of stick back there in the defense and command it for the next, hopefully, 10 years. Yeah, I think uh, Brisker's study is kind of hard because that Penn State defense was not very good this year. Um, he's definitely very talented. Um, he tested well, too. All the safeties tested pretty well. Um, he's definitely more of a center fielder, though, which I think is definitely what Detroit needs. Um, get some back-end help for guys like Jeff Okuda. Hopefully comes back healthy for them. So uh like the pick there. That finishes off the first mock draft Monday of this of this of the podcast of the offseason. Um any surprising picks that I made or any any guys I guess that surprised you that didn't that didn't get drafted in the first so. round? I mean we did only have two quarterbacks and granted they are probably the two most highly touted quarterbacks in this class. They're probably the the two quarterbacks that I could guarantee you go yeah, in the first I mean, round. There could always be more but I just feel like there's too many good position players, especially too many good fits in this class for there to be more. Now, there always could be, and teams won't be picking in this order either. So there's always something bound to change, and I'm sure our second mock draft Monday, the mock next week will be vastly different than the one we're doing today. Yeah, no, you're, I agree there. A um, couple guys I'm surprised we didn't have go, and again, it makes sense because my thought kind of going into this is, Outside of the receivers, because it's just such a deep receiver class, a lot of guys that get picked kind of from like 25 on could really go in the second round, all of them, just with the way teams are going to have their boards. Um, I guess Nakobe Dean and Jahan Dotson are a couple of guys that people have in the first round. Nakobe Dean really is the one that surprises me. Um, I thought he really hurt himself not testing at the combine, not running at all. Came in at 5'11", which is a little short. Um, hope, he, I hope he runs at his pro day for his own sake. Um, kind of the only guy I'm surprised would never go in the first, but again, I could see him not going just because of how small he is and how not valuable the NFL views the linebacker position, depending on your defense. And I think I think defenses are more concerned with their with their front with their front four, front three, front four really, and their back end. So their you know their safeties and, and corners. Um, but yeah, not a ton of surprises again. I think it's a deep. It's a really really deep late first early second class so from like that 25 to 45 range is going to be crazy um hopefully we'll get some more kind of some stick on the board here when free agency pops off tomorrow i mean you guys will be listening to this at 6 p.m you're going to drop 6 p.m tomorrow on monday we're recording this on a sunday you guys will will, will know what how, you guys may know a little more than we do right now um on terms of free agency and the board clearing up um, but yeah, really had really had a good time with this mock. I think only up from here on the mocks too. I think we're gonna get some clarity. Mocks should get a little bit better, a little less kind of hectic. I think mm-hmm. at times we're uncertain of who to pick because it's just you just don't know right now, especially in that, yeah. especially in like once you get into the mid. I think at fourteen is really where the draft with you guys is where the draft needs to go. Man, who could they take here? Because the the way the board's gonna fall, that kind of thing. So, um, but any final thoughts, Brett? No, I think today today's mock was successful i mean i like that we're doing the mock kind of give listeners something to listen to in between episodes and can listen to an episode in between mocks so i like that we're doing this and i think 
seeing how different each mock is week to week will be also very interesting. Yeah, I'll be curious to see how this mock looks from our mock that we do the Monday before the draft because we're going to do seven. It'll end up being seven. Um, we'll have a mock like literally the day be- the week before the, the draft on Thursday. Um, probably getting a couple more rounds here pretty soon. I think we're talking about maybe doing like a second round um, in a few weeks. We'll see. It's going to gonna be kind of fluid. Uh, hope you guys enjoy. Definitely leave some feedback on whatever podcast platform you listen on, whether that be Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. Leave us a rating. Let us know how you feel. Give us a follow on Twitter at Cold Seat Podcast. Same with Instagram. Go drop a follow. Let us know how you liked the episodes. Uh, and, yeah, we'll see you guys on Thursday with yeah, the next thanks episode. Thanks, guys, for listening.